We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hello, Lakers Nation. Welcome in to the LakersNation.com podcast. It is fun Friday, and what a fun Friday it is indeed. We get word. Anthony Davis extending with the Lakers. A new deal, three years, up to about $186 million. It all depends on where the salary cap goes in the next few seasons. But AD committing to the Lakers now when you add these three years to the two years he was already under contract, that's for the next five years. Anthony Davis is under contract in LA. We'll take him through the 2028 season. We're going to break down the deal, what it means for the Lakers future, what it means for LA and much, much more joining me today. Filling in from Dodgers land from, from Dodger blue. It's Jeff Spiegel. Jeff, how you doing, man? Hey, fun Friday, like you said. I mean, this is about as fun of a Friday as it could possibly be for Lakers fans, of which I am one. So excited to be here and uh, happen to be on a good day. For uh, for a day in August, in early August in the NBA, which it may be summer, but truly it's NBA winter, for this to come now, wonderful, wonderful timing that we get to talk about this contract for Anthony Davis. So the Lakers wind up committing to AD, a new three-year deal added on to the two years that he already has. So that means Anthony Davis in LA through 2028. Uh, Jeff, what was your initial reaction uh, on the deal? I mean, part partly sort of boring, like expected, you know, grateful that it happened um, and as quickly as it happened. It's This is the guy that you want around, you know, for I'm sure there are people that are frustrated with Anthony Davis at times, but I'm not one of them. Like, I think he's just a superstar um, he's only 30 years old. And so to have him locked up for the next five years, giving yourself some post LeBron insurance, I think is a great thing. Obviously the numbers are what jumped out to me the most. I mean, just mm-hmm. eye popping three years, 186 million. I had to go back over that a few times to make sure I was reading it right. So um, super excited, great news for the Lakers, great news for Anthony Davis and still trying to wrap my mind around three years and $186 million. Well, there's a, a clarification we need to make there. And that's so what happens is when you see a tweet, particularly like this, and this came from from Adrian Wojnarowski, who sent this out um, saying that AD was going to be be signing this extension with with the Lakers. And uh, here, let me see if I can if I can put it on screen here so we all can be looking at 
at the same thing. But when you see something like this come out, all right, so here it is. Here's the deal um, that uh, that just came out. Here's the tweet from, from Woj, right? And you see the language on it. Lakers star Anthony Davis has agreed on a three-year, $186 million max extension, tying him to the franchise through 2028 for a total of $270 million plus. Uh, Rich Paul tells ESPN, Davis lands the richest annual extension in NBA history at $62 million. Okay. When you hear a tweet come out like, or you read a tweet and it comes out like that, um, you know it's coming from the agent. And he specifically says in this one, it's coming from Rich Paul. Sometimes they don't say it's coming from, from the agent, but when it reads like this, you know it's coming from the agent. And when they're when the newsbreaker is talking up the value of the deal, what that's doing is that is hyping up the agency, right? Because now Clutch can say, look what we just got for our client, 186 million. Now, deals can be interpreted differently. It's not an exact number because we don't know if it's going to be 186. It might not be. It's 186 million if the cap goes up 10% next summer, 10% the summer after that. That's what this is is saying. So this is the high, high end. Is it wrong? No, it's not wrong. It could be 186 million. But what they want is that kind of sticker shock of, oh my gosh, wow, Clutch Sports got him this much. And this is not unique to Clutch. This is agencies across the board will do this. So it's something you have to factor in when you when you read a, a, a tweet that comes out like this, a breaking story that comes out like this about a contract. We have to factor in that whatever sounds best for the agency, if that's where the information is, is coming from, that's what's going to make its way into the tweet. And then we can get into the, the true details of what it really is. Sometimes you'll see like unlikely incentives in a contract will get added in to make it sound like the value of the deal is a little bit greater than it actually is. Nonetheless, I mean, bottom line, it's a lot of money for Anthony Davis. Yeah. He's signing long-term with the Lakers. He's committing to the team. All of that stuff remains true. Just that 186 million, oh my gosh, sticker shock. Pump the brakes a little bit because that may not be the actual number. It's still going to be a lot. Regardless, it'll be 170 yeah. million or something. It's a lot, but it might not quite be that much. I was going to say, I mean, it's like when the Jalen Brown deal gets announced and you hear those those numbers towards the end of the contract and it's it's numbers that are starting with a six. Yeah, that's that's uncharted territory for for me as a sports fan, you know, and, and specific and unique to the NBA. So to some degree, I wasn't surprised to see what such a big number there to your point. You know, it might not be one hundred and eighty six. There's some projections involved with that, but. Regardless, it's going to be plenty of money for Anthony Davis, and he's not going to be hurting for that uh, for a long time. And and frankly, you know, he deserves it. So um, the Lakers, this is a, this is a, just a great deal for everybody all around. This is what we wanted to happen as Lakers fan. And he just correct me if I'm wrong here, but like this, they could only have offered him this deal starting was it today or in the last couple today. days, right? So the today fact that the it gets day. done so quickly is is a great sign. Yeah, you know, it took for LeBron's extension last summer. It was, uh, I believe, it was a couple of weeks. So I yeah. was, I was telling everybody already, just to kind of get ahead of it. Don't panic if it doesn't happen today. Yeah, you know, because we made a big deal out of okay, today's the first day it can be offered. We'll see what happens. You know, but not to worry if it doesn't happen today. But here we are. We lucked out, and it did indeed go down today. Uh, three theory said, crazy how people are clowning AD for getting paid. Who is clowning AD? right now 
is that fans of other teams maybe saying because he's he's seen as injury prone or, or whatever? Are you seeing that at all? I mean, I, I've seen the people that that maybe are not um, believers in Anthony Davis as a superstar, have doubts about his health, et cetera, et cetera. I think those that's the only negativity I've seen is just kind of the is is Anthony Davis worth this amount of money? Um, if we're if if I'm trying to to find a group of people, those are that's a small minority, I think. But that's the group of people that, you know, maybe fall into the category that three theories talking about here. Mm hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, Anthony Davis, uh, for from the Lakers perspective, from AD's perspective, I think this makes a lot of sense. I think that yeah. from AD's perspective, as a guy who has suffered some injuries, why risk it? If you can lock up this kind of money for your future, why not do it? You're yeah. also you're giving yourself that certainty. You know, now you have an NBA contract for the next five years. Now, we'll wait and see. Is there a player option at the end of it? A team option? Maybe there's no option. What, yeah. Maybe that's the kind of stuff that may trickle out later. But in any event, AD is getting some certainty here. But for the Lakers, I think this is also a fantastic deal. And people yeah. say, oh, it's a max deal. Yeah, because AD is the kind of player that max contracts are, are supposed to be for. In fact, a guy of AD's caliber, a top 10 player in the NBA, that is the kind of guy that is actually a bargain on yeah. a max contract. Um, that's the way it is. When we look at the Jalen Browns of the world getting yep. max contracts and people go, oh my gosh, Jalen Brown, how is he getting this much money? Yeah, but max doesn't mean it's only reserved for the top, top, top tier guys. The top tier guys like this, like AD, are actually underpaid on these kinds of deals. So of course you do this if you're the Lakers. But yeah. Jeff, what I really love is this gives the Lakers certainty moving forward. Now yeah. they know. They don't have, there was a, a, a path we could have gone down where AD could opt out next summer. And now the Lakers don't have to worry about that. Now they know with certainty what AD is going to cost years down the road. That's locked in and they can plan accordingly for the future. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you mentioned Jalen Brown. Like if you, I would much rather be paying Anthony Davis $60 million a year than Jalen Brown, $60 million a year, you know, than Bradley Beal, $60 million a year. I mean, it's like, this is just the cost of doing business with superstars and um, you know, to sort of, tack on to what you're saying about certainty. Now we know who the second superstar playing next to Austin Reeves will be in a few years, you know? So we've got, uh, we've got some certainty there. I love it. I love it. That was, uh, that was well done, Jeff. Well done. Second star next, next to, uh, Austin Reeves. I like it. Uh, Vinny with a super chat said great news on the AD front, but now do you think the Lakers will aggressively pursue woods or is he just waiting for the Lillard trade before deciding? Yeah, I don't, think in terms of christian wood i don't think this is this changes anything with him and i do think that as the second part of this alluded to i do think that he is waiting for the lillard trade to see and i think the lakers are too i think a lot of teams around the nba are waiting for the lillard trade because there's going to be a lot if and when that goes down there's going to be a lot of players involved um some teams may wind up with too much too many players and they may wind up waiving players as a result to cut down their roster which could put players on the market that we aren't expecting to be we could also see uh from the players perspective we could see teams suddenly have needs that they don't currently suddenly opportunities spots and rotations open up because a number of players got got moved around in the Lillard deal and that's what a guy like Christian Wood is waiting for so right now both the Lakers Christian Wood and they aren't the only ones around the NBA are waiting to see what's going to happen here on the Damian Lillard front and then what the landscape's going to look like when the dust settles there. 
Yeah, no, I think it's a good one. I mean, it's, especially I'm just thinking from the Portland side, depending on what Christian Woods sort of goals are, um, you know, if Portland ends up shipping Damian Lillard out, can move Nurkic and gets back some spare parts that, you know, maybe is more future picks than it is players. <laughs> that could be a spot that Christian Wood looks at and says, hey, I can go to Portland and, you know, average 20 and nine for the next few months and, and try and mm-hmm. get myself paid a year from now. So those types of situations could potentially open up. But, uh, you know, the big the the big answer is what you said. I, I don't see how these two things are necessarily related between Anthony Davis's extension and Christian Woods um, future. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll, we'll say again, I know we're all, we've all been on pins and needles. When are the Lakers going to sign another center? And they've got, they have to fill at least their 14th roster spot. All we can say is it's going to happen before the season starts. Yeah. And I know that doesn't give, you know, it's what 63 days until they play a preseason game. So I know that doesn't get, it doesn't narrow it down much, but that's the only thing we can say with certainty is by, by league rules, they must have a 14th player signed to their roster. Uh, 14th spot has to be filled and it could just be, Hey, Colin Castleton, here's a full contract could be as something as simple as that, but um, they'll sign somebody at some point. We just don't know exactly when the Lakers and a lot of the NBA it's, it's on pause right now, waiting to see what's going to happen with Damian Lillard. Uh, Jeff, you're up in Portland. Are they, is, is the Lillard story just dominating sports media in Portland still? It's funny. I would say now it's kind of subsided. It definitely was, you know, three weeks leading up to the draft and then the trade requests and all that kind of stuff. Um, I feel like it's just kind of settled down. Like you said, it's sort of winter time for the NBA. And Mm -hmm. I think there was all this hype about what's going to happen. And then no information came out and the GM kind of said, we're going to do what's right by us. And so um, surprisingly, I haven't heard Lillard's name mentioned a whole lot of late. I think some people are just resigned to the fact that this might not get worked out by the time the regular season starts. And maybe that's Lillard and Scoot trying to coexist. Um, But I think there's there's definitely more of a sense that I, I don't think people liked the Miami trade um, for one. So I think people are ready to to be patient and see if something better comes along. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's um, and that's going to be Portland can do that. I know there's a lot of teams around the NBA that are probably doing a little fist pump at Portland for pushing back and saying, no, nah, we don't have to do exactly what you want us to do when yep. you want it. We're going to steal a line from the the classic NFL film draft day. They're going to do what's best for the team. There you go. Uh, Kevin Smith. I wonder if it's the Kevin Smith. Uh, said, glad to see AD stay in LA. No more being super nervous about next year's free agency. Who should we look to pair him with after LeBron is gone? So what are we, what are we thinking there, Jeff? Like, Who is the, the ideal fit next to AD once LeBron sails off into the sunset? It's a great question. I mean, it's so hard with the NBA. It's kind of like, you know, somebody's going to be unhappy a year or two years from now, but oftentimes it's not somebody that you expect to be unhappy. Um, I think sometimes you see it coming, but like, I, I always look back on like Donovan Mitchell was sort of the 12 months prior to Donovan Mitchell demanding a trade. I wasn't expecting him to be demanding a trade. Um, I think the Lillards of the world are, are going to be on the wrong side of, uh, of the hill by the time LeBron moves on. So I, it's a great question. I mean, I would, the short version is it's going to be somebody who, is probably not on the radar right now as far as somebody that you could imagine moving. It's going to be somebody surprising that 12 months from now, 24 months from now, so-and-so demands a trade and you're like, oh mm-hmm. man, never saw that one coming. That would be my guess. Um, you know, I've, I, I know everyone wants to say Luca, everyone wants to say Jason Tatum, you know, whoever it's going to be. But sure. um, I would, if, if this was Vegas and I could bet on the, uh, the field, you know, give me the five most popular names and, and then the other option was the field, I'd take the field. 
Yeah, exactly. Because it's it's so hard to predict, and we don't even know when. Like, if we knew, right. hey, LeBron's walking away next summer, okay, yeah. we could start to take a look at the landscape. LeBron, though, I mean, he made the comment after the final game that, hey, he still feels like he's better than 95% of the NBA. And he's not wrong. Like, I know his his age is getting up there, but he's still incredible. There's, if he wanted to, if he and I don't know if he does, but if he really wanted to, he could play for another few years at least. Yeah. At least, so there's no guarantee that LeBron's leaving next summer or whatever. And who knows if it's a few years down the road? Well, maybe that changes things, both in terms of do the Lakers want to build around AD and yeah. in terms of who's actually out there uh, on the yeah. market for them to uh, to go after. And yeah. I think one of the nice things, too, about what the Lakers have done is should they decide, yeah, we're going to build this thing around AD post-LeBron, you've already got a great complimentary supporting cast and that's what they've taken the time to do over I mean the last few months since the trade deadline and now this summer they've added pieces that fit very nicely to where if LeBron does walk away the Lakers yeah. can immediately be that landing spot of hey we've got AD we've got all these complimentary pieces we're ready to go right now one star come in and we're off and running that, that was going to be my question for you and and I think something to wrestle with and it's kind of hard to answer this as long as LeBron is in town, just because of the, how dominant of a personality and a player he is. But if two years from now, I told you that Anthony Davis is unquestionably the best player on the Lakers and they bring somebody else in, but that person is, you know, clearly, uh, you know, option two to Anthony Davis. It's not a one, a one B situation. Where is 80, the best player is LeBron, the best player. Um, but Anthony Davis is clearly the best player. Like, do you think that has the potential to be a recipe for success? Or do you think whoever, comes in alongside AD once this extension kicks in, it needs to be someone who you could make a compelling case is actually the best player on the Lakers, even with Anthony Davis on the roster. I think that it has to be a complementary skill set. And this yeah. is where I think that our perception of who the best player is, is flawed. Because in most cases, we're going to take a look at who is it that scores the most points. And that yeah. is going to have an outsized uh, value as we try to figure out who is the quote unquote best player, right? We're going to weigh that a little bit heavier than perhaps we should. You look what Anthony Davis does defensively. There's tremendous value to what he yeah. does on that end of the floor, but he's never going to get as much credit for doing that as if he went out and averaged 35 points a night, every single night, and just did jaw dropping things on the offensive end of the floor that yeah. would get him much more attention and would have much uh, many more people calling him, you know, the best player in the league and all that kind of stuff. Instead, he's just a dominant defensive player that can also have some really strong offensive performances. But so I think our analysis of, of who the best player is would yeah. kind of muddy the water there because of where AD's talents are. But to answer the question, though, like, did, could AD be the best player? Sure, as long as that other guy that comes in yeah. is fairly close and their skill set is primarily seen on the offensive end of the floor. You get a second star that can come in and can just set the world ablaze offensively. Yeah. And there and that I think would fit very nicely with Anthony Davis's skill set. That I think is is the key more so than uh do you get a guy who's more of a true 1A versus AD? It's do yeah. the the skill sets of the two guys really fit. Yeah, and I mean I think that's a great point because when you look at the way sometimes stars come together you know, I think about the Miami run is a perfect example when it was LeBron and it was Wade and it was Bosch. Bosch was a great player, but on that in that on that team with the way that it was made up, you were only getting 70, 75 percent of Chris Bosch 
at its peak because those other two guys took up so much space and, and had the ball in their hands. And so it wasn't to say that Chris Bosch wasn't very good. It was just that there was only room for him to be 75, 75% of himself. If you can bring in someone alongside AD where both guys can be 100% themselves, then I think that's the recipe for success. And, you know, and even as I was looking at some of AD's numbers coming in, even just sort of the box score numbers, it's easy. Even I will admit that I've forgotten Anthony Davis, 26 points a game, you know, the most that he had averaged since 2019, 2020. Uh, his rebounds per game was a career high. His field goal percentage was a career high. Like he's coming off of statistically, even mm -hmm. on that offensive side of the floor, arguably the best season that he's had in his career, at least on the Lakers side of things. And so, you know, I think sometimes you forget even his ability to fill up a box score because that's not his, his greatest strength, but, but he still does that, even though it's not his greatest strength. It's, it's pretty impressive. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. He's over under at the beginning of the season last year on a season long bet was, I believe it was 22 and a half yeah. points per game on his, for his average for the season. He, he destroyed that over yeah. and people forget because, Oh no, in the postseason he had a few games where he had like 12 points and he kind of disappeared offensively. So we've yeah. got this kind of recency bias creeping into our perception of what he was as an offensive player uh, last year. A soy Saucy with a super chat. Thanks. We appreciate it. Said, let's get wood. But this is a great future for the Lakers, even if Braun is gone next two years, especially if Austin Reeves and Max really work out. Is that too much to say? Show is awesome, by the way. Hope more success come you guys go Lakers. Well, thank you. Saucy, we truly do appreciate that. Um, so if LeBron has got in, if Austin Reeves and Max Christie, who Max Christie may actually be an X factor for this Lakers future. Uh, he looked great in summer league. The Lakers clearly by the moves they made are going to rely on him. They didn't sign another shooting guard unless you want to count Cam Reddish in the mix, which he's, I still view him as more of a three than a two. Yeah. Maybe, you know, he's six, eight, but, but whatever. Maybe he's in the mix at the shooting guard spot, but really it's it's Austin Reeves and it's Max Christie at the two. Yeah. So I think he's going to be a big part of the team's future. I think they're counting on him this year as well. Um, is Austin Reeves, Max Christie, that being the future, along with Anthony Davis, I think that's the plan. Like, I don't think, I don't think that's being overly optimistic. I don't think that they're going to be looked at as the stars. I think they're going to still try to bring somebody else in. But those two guys being key pieces next to AD moving forward, I would have to imagine that's probably the plan in place right now. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think Reeves for sure. And obviously mm -hmm. the contract he signed is a huge gift to the Lakers because a, he's locked up for what is it? Four seasons and at a number that's reasonable and gives them flexibility to go out and acquire other players without, you know, bumping up against a hard cap or anything like that. And so, um, I think Reeves for sure. Um, the Christie one, you know, I, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm high or low on Max Christie. Mm -hmm. I'm just, I need to, I need to see it first. I know sure. um, the potential I believe in for sure. Um, I've gotten tricked. I think too often, maybe I'm a little gun shy on the, you know, what do summer workouts look like? How, how, how has the body changed after one year, that kind of stuff, but the potential is there. And I almost look at it as um, you know, him and him and the rookie um, that they just drafted, um, uh, Jalen Hood, Hutch, if you know, like yeah. I think it's kind of like you need one of those two guys to be a dude, to be a to be somebody that you can plug into a starting lineup and feel really good about. 
So I, I think they gave themselves a little bit of space there to say, all right, we need either Christie or Hood Shafino. And we're talking two years from now to be to be somebody post LeBron that again is not a second superstar, but is somebody who's like the fourth or fifth guy on on a team that's trying to compete. I, I think I would feel good about that. Um, but you know, I, I the people that are in the know seem to really like Max Christie and feel really optimistic. So I'm excited to hear that. And uh, but I, I think Reeves is already there. You know, I think yeah. I'm sure we're in agreement on that one. Like Reeves, if Reeves, even if he stays at the level he's at right now. It's incredible. And I, I think we all believe that there's actually probably, you know, another half step at least that he could get to um, in his game, which would be a game changer. Yeah, we, we were talking about that on one of our recent shows, too, that Austin, like we talk a lot about, you know, what's OK, Max Christie's development. What's uh, what about Torian Prince, him coming in? What can he be? Cam Reddish, even Colin Castleton, right? All these other guys. Yeah. And it's like it's we're almost just penciling in Austin Reeves to be the same guy he was last year. Yeah. And while I've got some concerns over like the, the shooting percentages, I hope they stay that that strong, but sometimes shooting percentages aren't are a sticky stat season to season. But nonetheless, why is it that we're so, we just seem to be resigned to this idea that Austin is who Austin is. And this is what he's going to be next year without accounting for the possibility that Austin could be better next year the team's going to put more on his plate he's going to have the ball in his hands more often he is yeah. right now training with some of the best players in the league to represent the usa in the fiba world cup he's gonna pick up some stuff there too like yeah. there is a real chance that in terms of this the, this lakers team taking a step forward a big percentage of that comes from austin reeves continued organic growth into what will then be his third NBA season. That is something that maybe we're not talking enough about. Yeah. I mean, even if you just look at his percentages, 53% from the field, 40% from three last season, you know, 39.8. If you want to get really specific, he shot 44% from three on more attempts in the postseason. I mean, if you just extrapolate those numbers out, can he be, you know, a 40, if he's a 40% three point shooter and is taking five more threes a game than he was last year, like that's, that's remarkable. That's a huge asset. If he's shooting 53% from the floor while taking five to six more shot attempts, that's a huge deal. And so the numbers are going to come, I think percentage wise, he's right in a good spot. And, uh, and again, that's why I just, in the postseason, he was taking more threes and shooting a higher percentage. Some guys, the more they shoot, the better they shoot because they get mm -hmm. into more of a rhythm and more opportunities. And so, yeah, I have no reason to believe that Reeves isn't one of those guys. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, continuing that discussion, like Peaches said, people have been mm -hmm. calling me crazy for saying Max Crispy Christie. Is that really his nickname? <laughs> he has a, a higher ceiling than Austin Reeves. Am I crazy? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think I lean yes. I think that's they, going too crazy. Far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. ceiling, like, are we talking like, I mean, ceiling is such a hard thing. Like actual sure. attainable ceiling. I would say you're crazy. I mean, could Max Christie, because of his size, his athleticism, his build, you know, could he potentially be a better player? I mean, technically, but if, if, yeah, age, if we're talking about like realistic ceiling, like 98th percentile outcomes, I think, I think, you're, I just because, and this is speaking way more about what I think about Reeves than what I think about Christie. Like yes. I just think Reeves is that good. So I, I think this is where I land ultimately with this. And this is so, if you're going to make the argument that Max Christie has a higher ceiling than Austin Reeves, you're leaning on the age factor. Max yep. Christie is 20; he's not going to be 21 till almost the end of the season. Austin is 25; he's further yep. along in his development than Max Christie certainly is. So we, it's hard to say exactly what his ceiling. Look, if a year ago you told me Austin's ceiling is what we saw Austin do in the playoffs this season, I probably wouldn't have believed it. Because yeah. he's, I mean, and I'm high on Austin Reeves, but that he was fantastic. So I don't want to yeah. say Max can't get there. But specifically looking at skill set, what is it that Max does? Well, we knew when the Lakers moved into the draft to draft Max Christie, he immediately fits a three and D skill set. That's that's what he is. That's what he does. What he projects to be in the NBA, and that's a tremendous thing. That's a great skill set to have. Incredibly valuable. The Lakers. They've said it a few times that they believed that Max came out a year early, and he did. Again, he just barely turned twenty. He's younger than a bunch of the guys that got drafted in the in the lottery this year. So yeah. he came out a year early. The Lakers believed that if he waited one more year, he would have been in the lottery this year. And I think what we've seen out of Max so far at Summer League confirms that, or at least gives some uh, credibility to that idea. But ceiling-wise, can Max, even if he is a lottery-level talent, had he waited a year, he's still a 3 and D player. I look at what Austin could do. And I love 3 and D players. Like I'm always campaigning to get more of them. But yeah. I look at what Austin could do. He can be a 3 and D guy, but he also, his court vision is so great. His passing ability his ability to come up big in clutch moments, his ability to handle the ball out of pick and roll. He's got more depth to his game than just 3 and D. Again, maybe Christie gets there, but Austin has a very natural, instinctive feel to the game that I don't know if Christie will ever mimic. And, and again, I am higher on Max Christie than both. I'm not trying to knock Max Christie, but that it's the skill set. That's why I ultimately believe between the two, Austin has the higher upside. Yeah, I mean, this is this is an imperfect comparison, so 
you know, don't don't get into the nitty gritty here, people in the comments. But I think about when there was all this talk about Scoot Henderson versus Brandon Miller and mm -hmm. and who 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 people would take. Um, you know, I, I think what Scoot Henderson offered as far as a playmaker and a bucket getter um, and the offensive way that the game is headed. I think the reason a lot of people, obviously not Charlotte, thought that Scoot Henderson was a better pick, even though Brandon Miller had all the size and was sort of prototypical in, in many ways. I think it just shows the value of playmaking and being able to get a bucket in the postseason when it's needed. And I think that's Austin Reeves and Scoot Henderson, again, are not the same player. I'm not comparing those two other than to say what the NBA values the most is what Austin Reeves does much better than Max Christie seemingly will ever be able to do, which is be a playmaker and be able to go get buckets. So mm -hmm. I think that's the reason why the ceiling on Austin Reeves is higher. And I just feel better saying that because we've already seen it from Austin Reeves. If Austin Reeves doesn't improve at all over what we've already seen, he's still a borderline all-star guy as he gets, you know, progresses in his career. Um, with Max Christie, I think there's a ton of projection. And I mean, from a guy that really wasn't even playing all that much um, last season. So I think it's it's a lot harder to, to project what his ceiling could be. Six months from now, I think we'll have a much better opportunity. Agreed. Agreed. Um, I've got some people in the chat saying that the the audio is skipping or, or whatever. Uh, it looks like from what people in the chat are saying, it takes just closing out and reopening. And then that, yeah, that is because everything on my end looks fantastic. Um, yeah, it, it all looks good here. Usually I can tell when if things, you know, something's going on, if it's not working correctly or whatever. But this could be something with uh, the other end with people viewing. So if that's if that's an issue for any of you. Try hopping out, jump back in, and it sounds like that is uh, that should be able to to fix it. All right, um, and appreciate those of you in the chat that are are banding together to get that problem figured out on the fly. Buying tickets to your favorite event shouldn't be stressful. Game time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all sports, music, comedy in theaters near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee you can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for the fun that you will have personally i'm the shopper right i look around a lot of different places trying to make sure i'm getting the best deal particularly when it's a bigger purchase which well tickets to a sporting event they usually are so i shop around to a lot of different places so game time takes away my stress when I'm shopping for tickets because they offer a lowest price guarantee, which is absolutely phenomenal. So it's the fastest growing ticketing app in the country for a reason. You get images of your seat before you buy. So you know exactly what to expect. No surprises. You buy tickets in a matter of seconds. And because of that game time guarantee, you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, game time credits you 110% of the difference. Think about that. That's how convinced game time is that they will offer you the lowest price. They offer that guarantee. That way you can buy with confidence and avoid that stress. The tickets get sent directly to your phone so you don't have to dig through your email or anything like that. You get them right to your phone. So snag the tickets without the stress with game time, download the game time app, create an account and use the code Lakers nation for $20 off your first purchase terms apply again, create an account and redeem code Lakers nation for $20 off download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed.
Uh, Julian said, if LeBron walks next season, how much cap space would we have now that we know AD is staying? And say we bring back Vando at 12 to 15 million per year. Do we bring him back or include him in a sign and trade for another star wing? Mabel Mikhail Bridges. Well, I don't think the Nets are in any kind of hurry to move Mikhail Bridges. And they got big offers for him already. So I'd be surprised if it was him. Uh, speaking of Vando, that's an, the next guy to really look at because the Lakers could offer him an extension as well. And we'll see if they if they ultimately do that. But let me do this. Um I'm going to pull this question down and I want to show you guys what the Lakers cap situation moving into the future actually looks like. And this is via spot track, which you guys know my good buddy and front office show co-host Keith Smith puts all this together or helps with all of this. He works with spot track. So, you know, this is, this is all accurate information we're looking at here. So the challenge with projecting the Lakers cap space moving into the future, and you can see right now, this is happening as we're doing this. Keith is building in the numbers for Anthony Davis. Um, the 2024-2025 year is, is blank there because he's building this out as we're doing this. But the challenge with figuring out the Lakers cap space, D'Angelo Russell, he's got a player option. So that's going to be a big factor here when we look at this. We don't know what he's going to make. We also don't know uh, if he's going to pick up that option or not. We also don't know on Jackson Hayes, on Cam Reddish, Max Christie will be a restricted free agent, but only a $2.3 million uh, cap hold. So that's going to be the qualifying offer for him. Similar situation to Austin Reeves from this past summer. So with all of those numbers kind of up in the air, it's hard to say how much cap room they would really have. And again, the big ones being LeBron. Does he, if he opts out, Right, that obviously clears 51 million off your books. But if AD is coming in, his deal before, off the top of my head, as I recall, was like 44 million. So if you do 44 million, you add in almost 20 from D'Lo. Uh, so then you have Rui, then you had Austin, then you had Gabe Vincent. Uh, JHS goes up a little bit. You added some open roster spot charges. It's not like you're going to have a mountain of cap space. And some of that is going to depend upon how much the cap goes up. But again, if LeBron's out, if D'Lo is out, then suddenly, yeah, you'd be a cap space team that would have a significant amount. Again, I don't have the numbers all crunched immediately in front of me, but it's hard to project exactly what's going to happen without knowing what decision is going to be made by D'Angelo Russell. Do the Lakers extend Jared Vanderbilt? That would eat up some of the cap space. How much money are they planning on paying Max Christie? All of those things are kind of out there. Just safe to say, if LeBron does walk, they should have some more cap flexibility, but all of those other guys and what happens to them will likely determine exactly how much. Yeah, I was going to say the number that I was looking at had next year's salaries with LeBron listed at just over 165 million. So yeah. if you take out LeBron's 51, you're at, what is that? 114 roughly. Um, but to your point, that doesn't include Vanderbilt, Prince, Max Christie, um, et cetera. So, um, you know, it's, it's Most, a tough one to, to navigate, but they would have, you know, $51 million coming off the books would be a, a chunk of that would be able to be spent. Most likely what we're going to see happen here is if the Lakers are, and this is kind of becoming the way of the world in the NBA, you notice less and less players are signing with teams as like star level players anyway, in free agency. Instead, we're seeing more trades, particularly as a lot more players, the mindset from players has been sign the contract now and figure out the destination later. So they're yeah. signing deals with their incumbent teams and largely re-upping. So I think if 
we do go down that path where LeBron walks away. What you're probably going to see happen is the Lakers are going to take some of these guys that they've got. Rui, maybe Vando on an extension. It could be Austin. It could be, I'd be surprised, but it could be Austin. could be uh, uh, D'Lo if he picks up his player option. They're going to stack up some of these kind of supporting players that they've got, and they're going to put, package those contracts together and go try to get another star to bring in to build around AD, that star, whatever supporting players they've got left post-trade, and then draft capital, you know, everything else that they yeah. that they add in there, and then what they do in free agency. That's probably the path as opposed to, okay, let's take, let's have 40 million in cap space and we're going to go sign player X in free agency. That's just, it's happening less and less in today's NBA. Star movement is more and more becoming a trade thing. Yeah. Well, and even with LeBron, like if, if he decides, you know, the rumors were that his son, he wants to play with his son and obviously lots going on with the son. Mm -hmm. So, um, to be determined on a lot of fronts on that, uh, uh, as far as that goes, but like if LeBron has wants to play and it's just not with the Lakers for one reason or another, like it's possible he would need to be traded to that place because that team might not have cap space to be able to sign him and he could opt in and then tr get traded, you know, for whatever. So there's lots of moving pieces here is my point. Cool. Um, because teams just don't really keep open a ton of money for free agency. Cause to your point, guys don't go to free agency anymore. You know, that's, it's interesting that, that you brought that up because we tend to just assume, well, if LeBron leaves, it'll be in free agency. He'll just opt out and go play somewhere for the veteran minimum. Look, because he's a billionaire. So why does he care? You know, but if you can get paid 50 plus million dollars yeah. and, and go play somewhere, or you can get paid, $2 million or $3 million at a better minimum for LeBron, you're going to take the 50 plus million dollars. So even if let's say Bronny, again, hopefully he is able to come back and return to basketball and everything's fine there. Yeah. Again, the most important thing, number one is his health. But if, and when he gets to that point where a return to basketball is possible, if he gets drafted by, I don't know, by Charlotte, whoever, just to throw a name out there, he gets drafted the potential is there for LeBron to say, you know what, Lakers, I'm picking up my player option, but I'd like you to trade me. And then the Lakers get some guys coming back. So maybe those are, there's salary, there's draft capital, there's things like that that's coming yeah. back to LA in that type of situation. It's not a guarantee that LeBron's just walking away and yeah. leaving the Lakers so he can go sign a veteran minimum somewhere. Yeah, because if he's specific on where he wants to go again um, and is interested in getting paid more than, you know, the mid-level exception, <laughs> uh, it's possible. Now, the flip side is if he wants to go win another title, he may not want to gut that roster by demanding mm -hmm. that the, the, sure. the other team trade away $50 million worth of contracts because the Lakers aren't going to take back only bad contracts. But I'm sure he'd be fine that other team sending away draft picks. Um, we know how LeBron historically has felt about his teams trading away young pieces to help him win immediately. So anyways, it's an option. Who knows? Um, so looking at the Lakers now, You've got AD signed to this extension. So now you know with certainty you're going to have AD. You win got Jackson Hayes. I like Jackson Hayes. He's one, he's in my top two of guys that I can't wait to see in preseason. It's him and Cam Reddish, and specifically just for the mystery, right? Because I'm yeah. curious to see what they can be with the Lakers. They are still somewhat unknowns in the NBA in terms of what their their true upside is. So I like Jackson Hayes. I'm curious to see what he can do. But he doesn't make me feel super secure about the team's center position, especially yeah. if this idea that they're going to log minutes together 
is real, that Jackson Hayes and AD are going to play side by side. To me, that says you've really got to go get another big. So, Jeff, is that just where the Lakers turn from here? Is that just the next order of business? It's go figure out who it is that's yeah. going to be in this big man rotation. And and should there be any urgency? Or based on the market right now, is it just, well, you know, it is what it is, and it's already pretty weak, so well, let's take our time, and if we need to wait till September or whenever, we can do it. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any urgency just because everybody has kind of signed guys that they were going to sign. It's not like I don't think the Lakers are competing for Christian Wood's signature in the sense of like there's something on their end that they need to do to convince Christian Wood. I think that the ball is in his court and it's up to him to decide. Um, but I, I do agree that it's the last major thing that Rob Palinka has to do in the next couple months and fig is figure that out. And, you know, we've rotated through options there over the last few years. Um, you know, Wenyan Gabriel, Mo Bamba, um, Ed Davis, like there's just been lots of guys that, that have kind of, <laughs> filtered through yep. i'm blanking on who the the other guy no, was that andre drummond marcus yeah, all who was the yep. guy there was a guy last year at the beginning of the year that that we thought was going to be one oh of the main my guys guy he, my yeah, guy damian jones damian jones damian jones and thomas bryant and yeah yes. so yeah i mean it's just funny that like <laughs> it's we're, we're re recording history here at uh, 12 months later guess what the lakers are still trying to do is figure out who their backup big man i remember you and i sitting in vegas yeah i think it was during the preseason and we were trying to figure out who the backup big man was going to be right. and it was like you know um i'll take a small victory lap i liked Wenyan gabriel and you know thomas bryant obviously had a great great season when he was there but um yeah it's it just like it's 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 the same this groundhog day it's the same thing they're they're dealing with but i don't think they're they're in a rush because I don't, I, th I think the ball is in the court of the people they're waiting on and nobody's, nobody's out playing and getting hurt. So other teams aren't going to have dramatically more needs in the next few weeks. I think it's just letting, letting the chips fall where they will and, and hoping that, you know, either a guy makes his way onto the market that you weren't expecting or um, that you can figure out a way to, to get Christian Wood to, to put his pen to paper. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's just, it's a matter of, of just playing the waiting game right now. Cause like you said, there's no urgency. You know, if like if Brooke Lopez was sitting out there right now, then it, and everybody else is the same that yes, there's urgency. Oh my gosh, go get Brooke Lopez, right? Go get him as quickly as you can. That's not what the way it is, right? It was yeah. slim pickings for much of the off season. And it's still the case now. And so I don't think the Lakers have, despite fans wanting to, okay, who is it? <laughs> right. We're stressing out. Who is it? Who's going to be in that big man rotation? I don't think the Lakers are in any kind of urgency to make it happen. So do you have, I got to ask, cause I'm reading through the chat. Do you have a favorite obscure Laker big man of recent? I mean, I see DJ Manga getting love. I DJ see Manga, Jordan Hill. Jordan Hill Ed Davis. I really like Bob Robert Sacre. Like you, yep. you have a, you have a favorite just sort of obscure big man from Travis Knight. Maybe if you want to go back a little Travis bit. Travis Knight is a, is a good one. I like that one. Uh, Chris Mim is another oh, one gosh. that, um, that him. comes, University that comes to mind. Yeah. He was good. I remember when Samaki Walker was going to yeah. be like the guy coming in, like this big upgrade. Yep. That was going to be, that was going to be a big deal. Um, so I think those guys are all, all guys that are in the mix for like random Lakers, big man that, yeah. um, that we all irrationally loved, but uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm sure there's some other ones I'm forgetting chat. Who else? Oh, okay. I, oh, there's a good one. Thomas Robinson. Thomas Robinson. Thomas Robinson. He was at uh, the first media day I went to. Thomas Robinson was was there. Um, nice guy. 
Nice guy. Uh, Slava Medvedenko, somebody said. Ronnie Turioff. Turioff was, was fantastic. Kwame Brown. There's a, there's another. Man, the Lakers have cycled through a lot of these guys. Haven't it's, they? Maybe this isn't just a one-year problem, Trevor. It sounds like this is maybe a 20-year problem. Oh, man. Oh, there's a good one. Chris Kamen. Uh, remember, yeah, remember Vlade's second stint with the Lakers, like right before he retired and he was only there for like part of the season. Love Vlade. Love Vlade. Uh, that's right. Some classics. Some classics Ooh. there. Brian. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, like I said, I saw Jordan Hill and Jordan Hill was like a guy that I sneaky loved. Yeah, so, me too. I'm kind of drawn to those like, you know, role player types obscure. Like I just tend to gravitate towards who's the guy that I like the most. I don't think they're the best player, but uh, Jordan Hill was definitely on that list. Tariq Black, he was great. Um, I liked him a lot. Then uh, Tyson Chandler, E. Gian Leon. Somebody didn't even make it to the regular season. Yeah, E. Gian Leon was like, "Nope, I'm out." Come on, we can't we can't include Andrew Bynum in an obscure backup no. big man conversation. He won a That's championship as a starter. He's not no. <laughs> oh come on, somebody complaining about Andrew Bynum's quality. No, Andrew Bynum was. At one point, legitimately the second best center in the NBA. He was nasty. that was behind that was behind Dwight Howard. He was he was good. Uh, he was really good when he was healthy. But we knew with his knees that he probably wasn't going to stay healthy all that long. Ooh, Mozgov, that's gross. <laughs> yeah, that's gross. That was a that was a tough time. That was a, not yeah, nothing against Mozgov, but that was a that was a poor decision by the Lakers at the time. This was supposed to be a fun conversation. Why you got to go that's bring right. it up? Mozgov. That's right. Brandon Bass, he did some good things too. Andrew Bogut, lots of names getting thrown in here. Uh, who was the most obscure center the Lakers ever had? Oh, I think they were just somebody was helping out somebody else in the oh, chat. Oh, that was what, what the question about. was. Got it. Got it. <laughs> These are not to be clear options for the Lakers to add to their backup center uh, rotation right now. No. Just for those joining us midway through no. this conversation. Well, that's that's a good question. Like, if you could pick any of these names that are out there now that AD is locked in, Jackson Hayes is locked in. Who is it? Who would you add? You could you you got your pick. Anybody out there? Um, I mean, I, I who are the like who would you say if if there was a group of three to five names that were out there? Um, I mean, obviously uh, Christian okay. Wood is is the name by Biombo, right? He's another you, one. I'll give you names. a let me give you a bunch of names here. I'll give you I don't know five. Let's go. Okay. Uh, Christian Wood, Bismack Biombo, Tristan Thompson. Let's throw in Colin Castleton just to just to say they. They bring him up, and then um, who's another one that we could that we could go to? See, it's pretty thin. I'm trying to think of guys that could be could be like realistic, actual options to turn to. I guess like Sergi Baca is still kind of out there. Like that's somebody they could, they could look at. So Myers Leonard, Myers Leonard, sure. Like guys guys like that. Those are kind of the guys that are that are there. So of those guys, oh Wenyan Gabriel, yeah, we should put Wenyan Gabriel in the mix simply because. He's an incumbent Laker. So of those guys, would who would you pick? Oof. I mean, are, is Christian Wood an option? Because I think Christian Wood is is dramatically above yeah. the rest of that group. I'd agree. Um, yeah, I mean, like Wenyan's a known commodity, and, and I liked kind of what Wenyan brought. Um, I but I think in an ideal world, right, you'd love somebody that could at least threaten to stretch the floor. I think is kind of the the dream scenario, right? Mm -hmm. Is it somebody that could, that could extend a little bit, which Jackson Hayes doesn't currently do. I mean, I mentioned, and maybe this is just cause I've was in Portland for so long, like Myers Leonard. I, I look, I know about the controversy. I'm not downplaying any of the controversy and that would probably 
play up worse in Los Angeles than anywhere else. But if we're just talking about the type of player who at least has the potential to, to stretch the floor a little bit, um, he, he could be interesting if you're trying to buy low a guy who's had a ton of crazy chaos that he brought upon himself. I don't know that it's the slim pickings here. Um, but if Christian was not an option, I'd probably go Wenyan Gabriel just cause it's a known commodity. And I like the energy that he brings at least. Yeah. I mean, Wenyan again, he'd be familiar with the system. He does have that energy that he can bring in. I, I think I, I go back and forth between Bismack Biombo and, and Christian Wood quite a bit. I think you have to take the gamble on Christian Wood's upside if he's there. Yeah. But Biombo, I think skill set wise is probably the cleanest fit. Um, I don't, again, the options aren't great. They're not great yeah. outside of a few guys. But, um, but yeah, I, I think you go for it. You, if you can get Christian Wood, great. You do it. Otherwise, Biombo, you know, do you look at back at Wenyan? Do you, Colin Castleton, I mean, let's see what he yeah. can do, right? As we get into training camp, when we get into mid September and the guys start reporting back and guys are training with LeBron. And look, this is what happened with Austin Reeves, right? Yeah. Austin was on a two way contract and then suddenly the Lakers went 14th roster spot. All right, Austin, here you go. Maybe they give that spot to Colin Castleton. Uh, as some people are noting, though, they already have Castleton. Yes, he's on a two way yeah. contract, but it's possible they reward his play by just bumping him up to a full contract. We'll see if that happens. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that, that was kind of my thought is he's already in, uh, in the, in the system a little bit. So, you know, maybe take that roster spot, give somebody else a chance to see what you've gotten, you know, later on in the year, I suppose you could rectify that mm -hmm. if, if Castleton is better than that player. Oh, this may be the ultimate obscure Lakers, big yeah, man. I saw that Derek, one. Derek character. Yeah. That's a I like throwback. it. I like it. I like it. All right. Well, Anthony Davis back with the Lakers committed five years again. I guess let's, that's a good place to finish this. Jeff, Anthony Davis is now under contract for five years at the yep. conclusion of that contract for that final season. Are the Lakers, the team that are paying him on the last year of that deal? Ooh, I say, yes, I think okay. he's a Laker for, for the entirety of the contract, because I think, I think that if Anthony Davis is val is fulfilling the value that the Lakers are paying, if he is worth $60 million, I don't think there's a place other than Los Angeles that would entice him away. And if he is not playing to the level of that contract, then I don't think somebody else is going to be sending assets to the Lakers in order to be acquiring it. So my guess is yes. And, and by the way, I lean the first side. He's only 30. He's going to be 35, 36 by this time this ends. Um, so I, I think he's going to be great. I think he's an elite player right now that's going to age into a very, very good player. And so I say he's a Laker at the end. Yeah, I'm going to agree with you. I think that he does actually wind up staying with the Lakers because, again, I think that the path forward, even post-LeBron, it's going to be to build around AD and to entice other talent to come on board around a team that's, um, that's all set. I, I talk a lot about how they could pivot and rebuild at this point, but that's just logistically. I don't think that's the most likely outcome. I think the likely outcome is AD is a cornerstone of the next generation of this team, and they bring in another star to play with him in a post-LeBron era, including the foundation pieces, Austin Reeves, maybe Max Christie, these other guys, Rui, Vando, right, D'Lo, all these other players. Um, and I guess we haven't talked about JHS much. Like He could be part of that mix, too, as he develops. So that's what I'm expecting to see as well. 
I don't think the Lakers signed this contract with the idea of potentially trading him, even though I've said multiple times that they'll have more flexibility, I believe, having done the deal should they need to make a move in the future. Yeah, I just can't imagine the Lakers ever getting to a place where guys are demanding out of Los Angeles. And and also that's, I mean, I, I guess I was going to say that's not really AD's personality, but he's already done it once. So maybe I should just mm-hmm. keep those words in my mouth. Um, I, I just don't see a world where he's demanding a trade out and has immense value around the league. Like I think don't, both of those things being true, I can't imagine happening in Los Angeles. Yeah. So, All right. Well, Lakers Nation. Thank you guys for joining us on this fun Friday episode of the Lakers Nation podcast. A fun Friday indeed. We got the big news that Anthony Davis has signed this extension, a three-year extension to his two-year contract, which means five more seasons in LA for AD, five more seasons under contract. Anyway, but give us your thoughts uh, in the comment section down below. Those of you watching over on YouTube, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, we sure would appreciate it that review as well till next time everybody see ya stay safe and have a fantastic weekend mother's day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around a watch she can wear every day from movement whether your mom is into classic dress watches rare and refined ceramics or tried and true bestsellers movement has something she'll love and right now everything at movement is up to 50 percent off site-wide during their mother's day sale A watch is a gift that celebrates all the time you spent with mom. And a movement watch is even more than that. Movement uses industry-leading materials for their fresh modern watch designs, from technically complex ceramics to vintage-inspired style, all for an incredible value your wrist and wallet will both love. And with one-size-fits-all convenience and fast-free shipping and returns, it's a stress-free shopping experience. Save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with Movement. Get up to 50% off site-wide during their Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com.